In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us admit to God the sin which always confronts us. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Dear friends, hear the good news. In Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May the Lord enrich you with grace and nourish you with blessing. The Lord defend you in trouble and keep you from all evil. The Lord accept your prayers and absolve you from your offenses. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. God, with steadfast love, you draw us to yourself, and in mercy you receive our prayers. Strengthen us to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit, that through the life and death of your Son, we may live in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. 
The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke. So I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Morning has broken like the first morning. Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Praise for the singing. Praise for the morning. Praise for them. gospel according to Saint John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now among those who went up to worship at the festival were some Greeks. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and said to him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Very truly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just a single grain. 
but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Those who love their life lose it, and those who hate their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. Whoever serves me, the Father will honor. Now my soul is troubled, and what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? No, it is for this reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd standing there heard it and said that it was thunder. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not for mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was to die. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Thank you. 
This is the final week of our Lenten homily series on the Eucharist. And I've enjoyed this so much, I thought maybe the rest of 2021, we could just do this for the rest of the year. But this is going to be it. And as we've traveled through the season of Lent this year, we've heard stories of God's covenants, stories of God's promises from the Hebrew Bible. The promise to Noah and all creation, the promise to Abraham, Sarah, and their descendants, the promise to Moses and the Israelites. And with each of those promises, which with each of those covenants comes a symbol, some kind of tangible sign. Noah and the rainbow, Abraham and circumcision, Moses and Sabbath. Now we might be tempted to write off that matching of promise and symbol as a kind of biblical curiosity, but we do the same thing in our own lives as well. We make a promise and then we give someone a symbol. When you go to a wedding, the couple exchanges vows, promises with each other, and then they do what? They exchange rings. When you go to summer camp, kids promise to be best friends forever and then give each other friendship bracelets. If you've been in scouting, you know you begin meetings by promising to be a good scout, and then you wear a neckerchief that reminds you of the promises you made. Now, do you actually need any of those symbols? Well, of course not. You can be married to someone and not wear a wedding ring. You can be BFFs with someone and not wear a friendship bracelet. You can tie a knot and make a fire and not wear a neckerchief. We use symbols not because they make something true, but because they help us remember the promises that we've made to others and help us trust in the promises that they've made to us. Symbols are powerful, but sometimes symbols become so powerful that we forget what they even stood for in the first place. Instead of pointing us or reminding us of a promise, they become ends in themselves. If you read the prophets in the Hebrew Bible, like Jeremiah and Micah and Amos, you see that's at the heart of their criticism of public life. It's a culture that's full of symbols and rituals, but they've been drained of all of their meaning. The prayers are said the right way, the Sabbath is kept, the rituals are done. At the same time, the poor are sold for a pair of sandals, the foreigners are scapegoated, the laborers exploited and underpaid. The Israelites, the prophets tell us, have become enthralled by preserving and maintaining the order of these symbols, and they've stopped caring about the promises that they're meant to support. And sure enough, God shares the prophet's judgment. In today's reading, God declares, I took the Israelites by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. So it isn't just the prophets who think the Israelites have moved astray. It's actually God who thinks so too. And this is all relatively straightforward so far. God makes a covenant. People break the covenant. God says, let's try the covenant again. But something else happens in history. Something that makes today's reading much more interesting. That Israelite society the prophets criticize, that's full of symbols, that society gets sacked. Buildings get torn down, the temple is leveled, 
the people get deported, they go into diaspora. And the symbols that they cared so much about are destroyed. The symbols that gave them a sense of meaning and identity and purpose are all gone. So the new covenant that God makes is going to need a different kind of symbol. A symbol that can't be destroyed by the Babylonians. A symbol you can't melt down into jewelry. A symbol that you can't shatter with rod and spear. And most important, a symbol that won't overshadow the promise that comes with it. So how does God put it? I will make a new covenant and write it on their hearts. So that no matter where they are, no matter what they're going through, no matter what might come next, my covenant will always be with them. And that brings us here to table. Because when Jesus says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sins, it's Jeremiah's new covenant that he's talking about. The symbols we meet here at table, bread and wine, communicate and convey the grace of God to us in tangible, everyday forms. They are the symbols that go with the promise, the symbols that help us remember, believe, and trust in God's promise to be present with us. But even here at table, we can still get symbol and promise mixed up. There's a funny line in Luther's small catechism where he has an imaginary conversation with someone, probably one of his kids. And this person asks, how can bodily eating and drinking bring about the forgiveness of sin, life, and salvation? And Luther replies, I imagine a very dramatic eye roll here, eating and drinking certainly do not do it, but rather the words that are recorded, given for you, and shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. The bread and the wine matter, but they only matter insofar as they help us believe in God's promises. Luther is basically just saying, don't confuse the symbol with the promise. After all, symbols don't last. They get torn down, they wear out, they get lost or misplaced, but God's covenants can't be destroyed or revoked. Now, this is all perfectly fine and good so far. It's also, my personal opinion, a pretty boring way of ending a sermon series. So here's one more fun kind of bank shot to think about today's reading with. The symbols that we use here in the Eucharist, bread and wine, are not just symbols that we look at and go, oh, I look at this symbol and it reminds me of God's promises to me. The symbols we use here actually become a part of us. They make and sustain our life. The symbol of the meal isn't just something that you look at the way you would look at a wedding ring or a friendship bracelet or a neckerchief, but it's something that actually becomes a part of us. It makes our life possible. It's present in every act, every breath, every step of our lives. To use Jeremiah's language, it's so close to us that it's written on our hearts. You probably noticed this language in our liturgies before when we talk about communion, strengthening us for service or empowering us for mission. And this language often comes off as a little bit dramatic. It's hard to feel strengthened by a wafer. 
But in the early church where communion was more of a meal, it's easy to imagine how that language came about. You would leave the gathering feeling not only spiritually nourished, but physically empowered to go about living out your vocation in the world. The meal formed your life as a symbol that pointed other people to the kingdom of God that was in the world. The symbol in the meal is the bread and the wine, but the symbol in the world is you. Now, this is probably a good reminder for us, now that we haven't been in the church building together for over a year. Because part of what we've had to navigate together is how to be church together when we don't have the same symbols as we normally do. It used to be relatively easy to come to church and feel like you were a part of a community because there were a bunch of other people around. And you could look at them and say, well, we're a community. It was easy to pray here because we provide an environment with candles and music and stained glass. It was easy to mark time because we had pyramids and a liturgical calendar, things that helped you feel like there was a sense of order and time passing in the world. And now we don't have those things. So the promises of God still exist. Yeah, of course they do. But sometimes they're harder to remember when you don't have all of those symbols and reminders and reinforcements around you telling you that they do. And if you have found that experience difficult, and I know some of you have, then remember that in this meal, this bread and cup form your life as a symbol of the kingdom of God. If you think there are no signs and no symbols of God's presence in the world, then remember that your witness is a sign for someone else. If it feels difficult to remember the promises of God without all those stained glass and community gatherings and all those things we think are churchy, remember that your life is a symbol of the kingdom of God, that your life points people to the kingdom of God too, that formed together as the body of Christ here at this table, the promises of God are written on our hearts so that the love of God might be imprinted on the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> to the Lion of Judah, the Lamb who was slain, who is sending to heaven and evermore will reign. At the end of the age when the earth is And the eyes of all men will be fixed on the Lamb who was crucified. With wisdom and mercy and justice you'll reign at your Father's side. And the angels will cry, Hail the Lamb who was slain for the
There's a shield in our hand and a sword at our side. There's a fire in our spirits that cannot be denied. Cause the Father has told us for these who have died. For the nations that gather before you. And the ears of all men need to hear of the Lamb who was crucified. Who descended to hell yet was raised up to reign at his Father's side. And the angels will cry, Hail the Lamb who was slain for the world. earth will reply, you shall reign, as the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords, and the angels will cry, hail the Lamb, who was slain for the world, who in power, and the earth will reply, As the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. I invite you to unmute yourself as we join the church around the world, confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Father, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he arose again, and he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic, the communion of saints, the of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life of the last Amen. Relying on the promises of God, let us pray boldly for the church, the world, and all God's people. You sent your son that the world might be saved through him. Inspire the witness of the church throughout the world. Empower missionaries, Bible translators, ministries of service in your name. Bless our partners, our ELCA global partner churches, and the young adults in global mission. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy, your mercy is great. great. From east to west, your steadfast love is shown. Nourish seas and deserts, wilderness areas and cities. Give water to thirsty lands. Nurture spring growth that feeds your hungry creatures. Bless farmers as they prepare for this growing season. Hear us, O oh God. Your mercy, your mercy is great. great. You sustained your people in the wilderness. Give courage to all who lead in times of crisis and scarcity. Prosper the work of those who aid victims of famine and drought. Bring peace in places where scarcity causes violence. We pray especially this week for the people of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Hear us, O oh God. 
You sustain us with your bountiful spirit. Restore the joy of all who need to know your presence, those who are lonely and feel unforgivable, those who need healing of mind and body, those who are dying this day and all who grieve. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. The family of Kathy and Steve. Hear us, O God. God, we pray, crumble the walls that separate Christians and create a unity according to your heart and will. Accept us as we are, but mold us as you want us to be and help us become the leaven of unity and love in our country and around the world. Hear us, O God. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Hear us, O God. And we offer these prayers in the name of the one who lifts us up, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Peace, everybody. Peace be with you. Peace. Peace be with you. Peace be with you. Let us pray. God, our provider, you have fed us not with bread alone, but with words of grace and life. Bless us and these your gifts, which we receive from your bounty, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And may the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. We give you thanks, Father, through Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, whom you sent in this end of the ages to save and redeem us and to proclaim to us your will. For he is your word inseparable from you, through whom you created all things and in whom you take delight. He is your word, sent from heaven to a virgin's womb. He there took on our nature and our lot and was shown forth as your son, born of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary. He, our Lord Jesus, fulfilled all your will and won for you a holy people. He stretched out his hands in suffering in order to free from suffering those who trust you. He is the one who handed over to a death he freely accepted in order to destroy death, to break the bonds of the evil one, to crush hell underfoot, to give light to the righteous, to establish his covenant, and to show forth the resurrection. Taking bread and giving thanks to you, said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death and resurrection, we take this bread and cup, giving you thanks that you have made us worthy to stand before you and serve you as your priestly people. Send your spirit upon these gifts of your church. Gather into one all who share this bread and wine. 
fill us with your Holy Spirit to establish our faith and truth that we may praise and glorify you through the Holy Spirit. For all honor and glory are yours, Almighty Father, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> and gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, Our Father who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy name. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not to temptation. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the Let us pray. Merciful God, accompany our journey through these 40 days. Renew us in the gift of baptism that we may provide for those who are poor, pray for those in need, fast from self-indulgence, and above all, that we may find our treasure in the life of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
At this time, we open things up for any announcements, joys, and concerns. Did anyone have anything they want to share with the congregation this morning? Of course, I want to remind everybody that we'll be collecting for the Easter baskets uh, from 11 to 1 today in the church uh, front yard. I'm already set up, so whenever anyone wants to come by, we'll, we can uh, start. We'll have people helping to assemble the baskets, and then we'll be able to uh, deliver them to the Center Fruit Action uh, somewhere around Palm Sunday. So thank you all very much. I look forward to seeing all of you. Bye. All right. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Matt, for doing all the setup today. It looks great. Were there any other announcements? Well, Pastor Peg and I would just like to say hello to our granddaughter, Katie B., who wanted to FaceTime with us this morning. And her mom told, us, told her we were at church. So she joined us online, hoping to see us. So if she's still there, hi, Katie. <laughs> oh, good. Hi, Katie. And uh, I was thinking, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting people mixed up. Um, on a, on a personal note, speaking of kids, I, I became an uncle yesterday. Oh, uh, so yeah, so that's nice, you know. Um, were there any other announcements? I want to run through this stuff relatively quickly. Is it a boy um, or a girl? Uh, boy. It's named Anders William Enmin Paye, I think. I could be wrong about that. <laughs> I think that's right. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of names. Even as someone with three names, I find that. So it's a lot of names. Um, <laughs> let me go to uh, Holy Week stuff, Stations of the Cross. If you're reading for the audio guide, I've been getting uh, recordings in from people. I'm going to put that together with whatever I have by 9 a.m. tomorrow. That's sort of when the workday starts for me. So if you could get that stuff in around 9, that would be great. Uh, we have our final discussion of meeting God and Mark this week. That's Wednesday at seven. And we have Sunday school confirmation today at four. Uh, Matt mentioned you can drop off CFA Easter donations today from whenever the service is over until one this afternoon. Uh, and for doing the Lutheran World's Relief, you can drop off or you can add a pair of nail clippers this week. That's the item for this week. Uh, today's blessing, I just want to note uh, the ELCA's Asian American Pacific Islander uh, leadership group put out worship resources this week, uh, so we're going to use a blessing from them. They have a statement on anti-Asian violence, which I would encourage you to read. It's particularly good because it's about sort of what congregations do, and it's sort of good to read it and say, does this describe the way we do things at Advent? Are we sort of being a responsible uh, congregation. And to that end, because I know, you know, sometimes you read a statement and you think, well, what can I do, right? One good thing our synod does is they do active bystander trainings. Kimberly Vaughn, who's a uh, pastor assistant to the bishop in the synod, is going to be offering three active bystander trainings in the next month or so. So if you're looking for a way you can do something tangible, I would encourage you to check that out. There'll be something in the email this week. And then the last thing I just want to show you, because we're coming up on Holy Week and we're asking people to RSVP for services. This is how you can do it. You can either, you can call the church, a voicemail, and leave your name, contact info, and whatever service you want to come to. Uh, the other way you can do it is use the website. And if you call the church, I just enter it in the website. So this just saves me a step. 
if you go to the Holy Week page, you'll see each service has a little heading and it has the bulletin, the homily, it has an RSVP button. If you click the link for RSVP, you come to a Google form uh, and each service has its own one of these. You can see, I think that's Nancy Thomas, that's Carolyn, that's Jerry, that's me. Um, it has a space for you to enter the name of your household, your email, however you want us to contact you, and then if you need a drive-in spot. And when you do that, it just helps us get a list of how many people we have to be ready for. Uh, so I would encourage you to do that this week whenever you get a chance. That's good. If you have any problems, just let me know. Uh, the blessing this week, I'm going to do this once through. I'm going to teach it to you, and then we're going to do it together virtually. Um, this is an embodied blessing, so it involves sort of, you know, you can get up if you want, you can get some space. I invite you to take a deep breath. Place your hands on your heart. May you see yourself, acknowledge your feelings, your own body. As you bow, may you acknowledge sacredness, resilience, humanity, and strengthen yourself. As you look around, may you see others. May you hear others. May you recognize your sadness, grief, lament, and anger, acknowledging the sacredness, resilience, humanity, and strength in others as we thank God for the blessings we receive this day. So let's all do this together. Take a deep breath. May you see yourself, acknowledge your own feelings, your own body, acknowledging sacredness, resilience, humanity, and strength in yourself. May you see others. May you hear others. May you recognize your sadness, grief, lament, and anger, and acknowledge sacredness, resilience, humanity, and strength in others. As we thank God together for the blessings we receive this day. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace. Your life is a symbol of the kingdom. Thanks, Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Thank you so much.